Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert. They're off and running again. So smooth. So sweet. Splendid. Succinct. Just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me in just a moment will be my co-hosts, friends, colleagues, BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. But before I bring them in, a reminder that Wonder Goal is presented to you by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get 200 free. Boys... This is our last European soccer weekend before the World Cup. And on that point, a reminder, we will have preview pods dropping Monday, groups A through D, and then groups E through H. Spoiler alert, a lot of Japan talk in that second one. Uh, then Tuesday, we'll, we have our favorite team and player futures preview pod. Uh, and... From there, it's just going to be a ton of stuff coming uh, to you from us at Wondergoal on ActionNetwork.com, on the app, coverage for for every match in all sorts of different ways. So be on the lookout for that. Follow the Wondergoal podcast in the app uh, for all your World Cup bets. Make sure you download the app. You can track all your bets there. But now let's shift our focused. Our... Focus is a key word this this weekend, <laughs> by the way, uh, you can tell from Michael's tone how how wonderful these matches are going to be this week. Yeah. We we did all this World Cup prep. We we just recorded the episodes, and now it's like, oh, we have to talk about the Premier League again. When but I I, we done, I think I that's, thought we were done. But with if that. we're I've thinking heard. that, I think it's fair to say I that mean, teams have already announced players. Right. right? So I've so. I've I, I counted up. I've written fourteen thousand words on the World Cup. So you can tell maybe we're a little exhausted from doing that. But yeah, hey, we got the Premier League. To watch and, everybody pass the ball around for a weekend. That's the thing. Like it's it's this is gonna be it's gonna be a a weird slate to handicap, which is both good and bad. And and the first game we'll talk about, which is Man City minus eight hundred, hosting Brentford fourteen to one, uh, and the draws plus seven fifty. This is at the Etihad. Uh, is a great kind of microcosm for the slate at in at large because City except for Erling Holland, like everyone's getting ready to go to the world cup. Uh, Brentford, they've got players going, but they also have a manager who knows how to motivate them and knows how to get them all on the same page. And who's going to know that this is going to be a sleepy spot for, for city. Uh, I expect Brentford to be one of a few teams here that are going to be really dangerous. I, I think this is a great spot to be playing at city. I like Brentford on the money line. They're as high as 19 to one out there. I'll be betting it. I think that we saw last year city city has lost to 20 to one uh, underdogs before. If there's going to be a team to take advantage of what could be a really sleepy city team with their eyes on Qatar. I, 
I couldn't really, there's maybe one or two other teams in this league, uh, Brighton, maybe Leeds, that would be able to take advantage of the spot better than Brentford. Uh, but I think that's even arguable. So I'm on the Bs. Anthony, what about you? Well, I think the, irrelevant of the spot, I would bet Brentford here, right? Uh, I would be perfectly happy betting Brentford plus two and a quarter. Uh, I think they're clearly undervalued. I think it should be a little bit under two. Brentford continues to run pretty well this season with their performances, slightly above average expected goal difference. No reason to think they're any worse than they were last year, which is you know right around an average team in the Prem. City, with their injury situation and with the World Cup situation, could be playing a makeshift back line. We're going to see the likes of Phil Foden playing a full 90. I also think this is a match you're going to see Pep doesn't love to use all of his subs, but I think this is the kind of match where you're going to say, hey, can you give me 45? We'll get you off at half. We'll get the other guy 45. We know you both want to play in the World Cup. We know you're both on your teams, whether it's Grealish, Foden, you know, Gunduan and whatnot, and De Bruyne. But this is still a, a pretty good Brentford team who can take advantage on set pieces if they get any. I think this is a good good spot to take Brentford. I, I took the plus two and a quarter if you found them in the app. I also will be sprinkling some money line. Expect high variance in these kind of weekends. So, yes, you've got me on one of these anti-city money lines. <laughs> uh, yeah, and City I, will probably just roll up and yeah, win exactly. 3-0, I think but... that's the other. You know, you're running that risk, right? Like City just Pep says we're going to get a lead in that first 30 minutes and nurse it from there. And I think that's kind of how BJ is angling here. Yeah, and you know, even regardless of spot, you know, obviously with you know the only two guys for City, like you mentioned, it's going to be Holland and Riyad Mahrez are basically the only two regular starters that are not going to the World Cup. So. I'd imagine Pep's just going to go handbrake City here. Like like you mentioned, Michael, if they get ahead, I think they're just going to put a stranglehold on possession. Brentford is obviously happy to sit in a low block and just try to try to counter. Um, you know, even when they face each other off, face each other both times last season, very, very low event type matches. Both both matches were under two and a half expected goals created. Um, and City, you know, I think early on in the season, we were like, Hey, Pep is playing a lot more aggressive. He's playing a lot more open. I think he was trying to get more space for Holland look to counter a little more, but he over the past eight or so matches has really put the stranglehold back on possession and has gone back to what has won city, you know, the best, the past few titles, you know, city is, has a sequence time of, of 16 seconds. They're averaging five and a half passes per sequence and they have a direct speed of one, like all of that not only leads the premier league, but it's top, in all of Europe's big five leagues. Um, Brentford this season defensively, though, has performed bit well against the big six. Like they only allowed one expected goal to United, 1.5 to Arsenal, and 0.9 to Chelsea a few weeks ago. And you also look at, you know, these are two low event type teams. You know, Brentford, if you take away penalties, Brentford's matches are only averaging 2.43 expected goals, and City is only at 2.46. So um, under three and a half, you know, it's only minus 105, which I think is a fantastic price. Given the spot, given how City has been able to control games, you know, you saw that with the Leicester match uh, as well. And, you know, the Fulham match, obviously, a red card made uh, the circumstances a little different. Also, no, you know, no Cancelo. He's on a red card suspension. So uh, this is, I mean, this is handbrake, snooze fest City. It's very similar, I, I believe, to the Leicester match. So I like uh, under three and a half goals at minus 105. And of course, Brentford correlated to the under in this match, but, uh, I do worry a little bit about the city defense. If, if you're not totally focused, that's when you tend to see lapses in concentration and mistakes. And, you know, you're, you're a little late to the pressure and Brentford gets in behind or you're a little late to, you know, get stuck in or you don't want to get stuck in because you're worried about getting injured. Those are the kind of situations where it's a little bit concerning. 
the bees also are eighth in XG per set piece. Uh, City's been a little bit weaker defensively defending set pieces. It's been a problem for them. Could be an angle where Brentford gets on the board. And I think one would be enough for me to feel very good about my plus two and a quarter here. So, yep, bees time. We said this like two weeks ago, and here we are. Yeah, back on the bees, back on the bees, back on the bees. Uh, let's go to the south coast now where Bournemouth are hosting mighty Everton. Again, they just hosted Everton this midweek in the EFL Cup. Everton uh, dressed the change side. I think they were 11 cha- uh, nine changes to the to the starting lineup for that one. Bournemouth won 4-1. They're plus 175 home underdogs here. Everton plus 150. The draws plus 225. The Bournemouth offense, the attack is starting to click. They're generating over one expected goal every so often, which is pretty far. They've come pretty far considering where they were uh, to start the the season. But uh, I don't think that they can take advantage of, of this Everton defense. I, I do worry uh, a little bit about where Connor Cody's head is going to be at. He'll be off to the World Cup most likely. Hey, James Karkowski should be joining him. Those, that should be an England center back pairing. Uh, of course, Jordan Pickford for Everton will be the England number one. Uh, spoiler alert, Jordan Pickford, 201 to win the golden ball, gets thrown out uh, at our in one of our preview pods. Anyways, um, I think it's Everton or nothing here. I think that Bournemouth, like it's, they're just not, I don't think they're going to create enough. I think Everton should have a little bit of success uh, enough success in the in the middle of the field with Awobi Ghana and Onana, they should be able to dominate. I don't know if the number is good enough though. Uh, BJ, what do you have? Michael, did you see the lineup that Everton played against yes. Bournemouth? It was actually pretty decent. Obviously, they didn't play their usual midfielders, but they they started Mape and and Gordon up top, and Michael Keane and, and Mina and Holgate was a bad yeah, but like that. I mean, it was Mina's first and, game back. It was Keane's first game back. And Bournemouth, these first, players Decore's that Michael has told us back. are great players are now Bournemouth didn't start anybody. They didn't start any of their good players either, and they just put four we, goals past them like look, it was nothing. It, is, is Jordan Pickford actually going to play in this match, or does Southgate say, hey, rest him, and is it Begovic time? Hey, Begovic, is, he's, he's got a couple wins in his pocket already this season. And, and look, it's a revenge spot. I Immediate revenge. Yeah. I don't hate Media soccer. I don't hate a look at a Bournemouth team total, like an over one and a half, over two and a half at chasing a big price here. S- say what you put in the doc. Because I-, I said over three and a half, 22 to one. They just scored four goals against them. I mean, why not? Right? Like Everton actually played a halfway decent lineup. I understand it wasn't the midfield, but I mean, this Bournemouth team just finished at a crazy rate. I think we at some point, I, I think I just have to no. To don't fall for it. They stick <laughs> to man. bend the knee and just say, you know what? You're the best finishing team in the world. We got to throw out XG. It doesn't matter with you. You just score on every single counterattack. It doesn't matter. So maybe ride the lightning one last time. I mean, none of their players are really going to the world cup. So, I mean, why not? That, they're that's, all, that's all going to be on the beach. They're all going to be on the beach. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a pass for me and maybe just, you know, a look at, at something that literally just happened four days ago. I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah, where I'm they, going. Against a rusty Michael Keane and a rusty Yerry Mina. Guys working their way back from injury. Come on. Draw a line through it. Toffees, baby. Jamal Lowe, Toffees by Anthony, Joe Rothwell, <laughs> Ben the, Pearson, these great, type of guys. They're all good. They're all dominating the Toffees. All right, let's talk about let's talk about a different South Coast team and a different Mar- uh, Merseyside team. Liverpool minus 400 hosting Saints, Southampton, eight to one. The draw here is Plus 550, Ralph Hassenhudel, no longer 
the manager at Southampton. Tragedy. It is. I couldn't have waited until Christmas time and just kind of slid that on everybody's radar. I kind of appreciate that they didn't make him wait throughout. The- they should have let him have one more match. Yeah, they should. Uh, yeah, he would have beat Liverpool. He would have beat Liverpool. He's done it. He's done yeah. it. Yeah. Had to keep yeah. Um, so they bring in uh, what's his name from Luton Town? Nathan Jones, I Nathan believe. Nathan Jones from, Luton, yeah. from Dirty Luton. And uh, yeah. it, are we going to see a new manager bounce? Perhaps. I think this is the type of spot where <laughs> what does what what does Liverpool like have going for them to to say? Oh, I'll I feel comfortable laying minus four hundred or or the correlated bets off of that against the Southampton team with a new manager. Uh, we already saw a new manager bounce with Brighton at Liverpool where they drew three, three. I think the number's fine. It's, it's not that exciting on Southampton, but it's, it's gotta be saints or nothing here with people on players in Liverpool, all um, either heading to the world cup or, uh, you know, upset that they didn't make it like Andy Robertson or Robbie, Bobby Firmino doesn't get selected for Brazil. Maybe he, maybe Bobby Firmino hat trick is a, is a, diff, is a decent prop bet mm-hmm. uh, because he's, he's going to be ticked off that he's not going to Qatar. Uh, Anthony, anything Liverpool, Southampton, nothing for me here. Uh, Liverpool were not particularly impressive at Spurs. I thought Spurs were the better half. team for the, I thought uh, even then, you know, the, the second half of the first half, I thought Spurs grew into the game pretty well. It was the dumb mistake by Eric Dyer doing Eric Dyer things that cost Tottenham the second goal. But yeah, Liverpool still has some flaws. Like I thought Spurs played one of their better halves of the season in the second half at home against Liverpool. Didn't get the result. Uh, Of course, Kulisevsky comes on just immediately assists. But uh, yeah, Liverpool still have a ton of issues. I have no interest in backing them here. It would be Saints or nothing for me. Uh, If we get a flat two, I'm in on the Saints. I don't think we're going to get a flat two. So I'm probably going to pass here. One, one thing I'll say about the new manager, and we'll get to this after we get a World Cup, but um, there is not a more drastic change in tactics of what Southampton's doing right now to what Nathan Jones did at Luton Town. Like, they are extremely set-piece reliant, sit back in a 4-4-2, not press, sit deep. Like, it's a com- it's going to be a complete and utter change. So maybe that's why they, they brought him in, like, right before the World Cup, so that I, I know a lot of these teams are going to do training uh, during the world cup, if their players aren't in it. Um, so maybe we'll have them well drilled. He's obviously not going to be on the, uh, in the dugout for this one. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just a weird spot again for another team like city, you know, Liverpool has a ton of guys going to the world cup. So it might be a little bit more of a handbrake from Klopp. I don't know. It's just, it's too hard. It's too hard to tell right now. Nottingham Forest plus 210 at the city ground hosting crystal palace plus 137. The draw here is plus 210. These odds, of course, from our friends at Bet365. Uh, this is another one where I don't really have much. I do tip my cap to Steve Cooper. I told you guys, it's a good manager. They're playing better. They're in the they're they have eleven points. Better. They're in the relegation zone. But I, look at look at where they started. Look at where they started the season, and they get the big win at Liverpool. They're they're trending in the right direction. Like they were going to get. As they, bad they're, as... they're still likely to get relegated, but I think that they're. <laughs> That's he's doing fine considering the team he's had. He's got a contract the whole, the, yeah, the whole point is to keep them in the league. He might. I, They're still in they the have, FL they, Cup. To, to me, they did beat Tottenham today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To me, they to uh, dominated that match. Uh, Spurs. Ooh. Forest and uh, what? They, what are they? Three. They're three points out from safety against. Uh, no, I think Foreman. they're only one now. Whatever it is, yeah. With, uh, so oh, no, they're still three points out. So yeah, they're sitting at the foot of the table. Which, yeah, and Steve they've had Cooper. and they're one loss in their last four. Yes, they they're, they're they trending were, in the right I thought they were direction. the better side. I thought they were better side against Brentford uh, last Saturday at home. Like they've played well. Yeah, uh, they're they, trending up. 
Like, you know, the, if you look at what happened before Anthony that Brentford like match, Steve it was Cooper because he's not. It was a really Potter well. They went through a really bad, really bad schedule, right? Like they had to go to Brighton. They got completely dominated. Then they had they faced Liverpool at home, where they actually won the expected goals battle. And then they had to go on the road to Arsenal. They got pummeled. But you look at the match even before that. You know, they they lost to Wolves. And if you remember that match, there was you know two penalties. Wolves hits theirs. Nottingham Forest misses theirs, and that's the difference. So this team has been playing much much better. And I don't really think they should be underdogs here against Crystal Palace. I think it should be closer to a pick because Palace, I mean, the trend we saw from last season is just continued on to this one. Like they're a minus 5.3 expected goal differential away from home. That's, that's bad. That's, that's close to as bad as they were last season. And the Nottingham, Nottingham Forest, you know, just not even looking at expected goals, just actual goal differential. Nottingham Forest away from home has scored one goal and conceded 19, but at home, they only have a minus two goal differentials. They just, they are probably the, the biggest split team in the premier league from that. So I don't really think they should be underdogs here. You know, also you look at it, you know, Nottingham Forest is one of the most efficient set piece teams in the premier league while palace has had their issues for the last two seasons. So I, I like the trees, John Obet at plus 125. I also have to mention for everybody out there, you know, when we did our future segment, uh, a lot of bottom at Christmas tickets. Um, this is the last weekend to cash those. Uh, I have a Southampton one and I need not, <laughs> I need Nottingham for, I need Liverpool to beat Southampton, just doable. I need Nottingham Forest to beat Crystal Palace, but I also need Wolves to beat Arsenal. So if any of our listeners want to uh, send me offers, it's only a $20 ticket, but if any of our listeners want to send me offers, uh, what were the odds? Ticket, it was like I, 20 to one, wasn't it? Uh, it's eight to one. It's not, it's not crazy. Oh, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. So it's, if anybody wants it, like they, you yeah. weren't far, I mean, saints, I mean, they, saints they, they won a couple recently? matches early on and that's, and they kind of just cruised from there. Uh, you know, the Bournemouth match is the one that, that put the knife in the heart. So, um, but yeah, no, in this match, I, I really, you know, Forrest has been playing much better at home. A lot of their players are not going to the world cup. Awanawi is starting to really round into form. So, uh, this is a good spot for them. Uh, so yeah, give me the trees. Draw no bet at plus one twenty-five. Also, just remember last year when Steve Cooper he came into a team that was struggling, took a little bit, and then they got better and better and better as the season went on. And that was a team that was all loanees that he had to gel together. And so, the, and the January transfer window was right around the corner, Michael. Yeah, they can get a couple more. They need to get a couple more guys in. They can get, get a couple, couple more guys. It's all they need. A couple more guys. A couple more guys, and they can turn I haven't, around. I haven't looked at it. We should pull it up at some point. Maybe talk about it next pod when we come back from the break. But uh, they they made twenty one signings, right? Yep. How many of those players have not touched the field? That's a good. That's a good question. Well, Got to be at least eight, right? Or yeah, who, how many of them played under two matches? Or so, like, yeah, it's yeah, it could be interesting to look at. I, I think it would be, it would be fascinating. Uh, Anthony, I have nothing here. here. I have nothing okay. here. Yeah, I, I project this uh, a little under two and a half for total, and I really want to play the under. But man, these forest unders have killed me this year, and I think that uh, the well, first of all, the number. I mean, it's two and a half under minus one forty. No thanks. So it's a pass here for me. I see BJ's point about. Uh, the trees and, and, and I make this, I have palace a slight favorite, not enough to get to the number, but not enough to play palace or the trees rather coming back either. I think it's interesting. You know, somebody tweeted at me when palace lost that game to Chelsea and we're like, Oh, looks like the palace magics run out. And uh, since then four wins, one draw, one loss, we're back in the top half of the table and we are sitting live for our top, top half tickets, despite palace being a worse team. Than they were last year. 
just funny how that regression, uh, you know, they, they play worse, but they're sitting higher <laughs> ends up being basically the same thing that Brighton yeah. did two years ago. The underlying metrics suck, but they're, they're still in 10th place. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur minus 175 Ooh. at home. Posting leads. This is a tough one for Anthony. So his, his, his third favorite team, Tottenham, against his second favorite team, Leeds. Four to one. Uh, the Peacocks are on the road. The trust plus three thirty three. Yeah, this is this this game just makes me mad to look at. Honestly, um, why? I think it's a good matchup. Why? Can I even answer your question for me, Anthony? <laughs> I don't why, have any value why, on Leeds. I'm not going to pretend like I have value on Leeds. Why does why is Conte playing Perisic and Kane as as a front two? Who would you prefer he play? Anybody other than a wing back. Who would you okay, name that person? Put, put Basuma there. You know? uh, no, put Oivier there. Put somebody. He was a winger in a past Who, life. Like before right. Antonio Conte made him a wing back, he was a winger. Right. But like at Bayern, he played like a winger. Tottenham has to have somebody back. else. They don't. Than, Lucas oh Mora? No. Son oh injured. Kulisevsky coming off injury. So not quite 100% fit. I think he may start in this game, which which could turn Tottenham right back into the best team in the world again. But uh, I, I like Leeds a lot here. Uh, I think Spurs are absolutely dying for the World Cup break. They have played so many matches, and that was evident today. I mean, Harry Kane started for some unknown reason at Forest, but talk about dead. They started Basuma. Like, they started a, a not quite full-strength team, but close to it, and they looked shot. Uh, and I think that all the teams in this league right now who need the break is Tottenham. And of course, a lot of their best players are going to go to the World Cup and probably come back and still be dead. But at least as far as this team goes, I think this is a really bad spot for Spurs. You have to think about like Perisic, main focus, World Cup. Harry Kane, same thing. Those are the probably the two guys who are going to start up top for Spurs here. Benton Kerr, he's got Uruguay lined up. Like Eric Dyer wants to start for England, has a chance to do it. Like there's all kinds of things here that are in play that I don't like from a Tottenham point of view at all. So give me leads plus one. The Peacocks look to be in good form. Look, they have some, you know, World Cup things too going on here, you know, with Aronson, Christensen. Uh, yeah, was, is but, the American Jesse Marsh going to gonna risk Tyler Adams and Aronson? Completely. I, I, that's a good question. That's but good but question. Uh, I still think that, you know, uh, variance favors the dog here and an un, potentially non-motivated favorite. Gets me to leads here. And look, yeah. like I, I thought we'd get a better number, but I get why me we're too. not getting it with Sone out. That being said, I don't care. I'll take leads plus one and I'll feel pretty good about it. Incredible comeback win. And as far as I know, Somerville will be starting for leads. That's all they need. That's two goals right there, minimum. I mean, you could just play into the narrative here and just bet Tottenham when they fall behind because that that's, too. Just, that's just what's been happening with Tottenham is that they just fall behind and then it's like, oh crap, we got to kick it into gear. We got to start attacking. We can't just sit deep anymore. I mean, I went and looked just, I, I was very curious. So like Tottenham when playing from an even game state is about a 1.6 XG, uh, four per 90. When playing from behind, they're up to about 1.85. The flip side of that is Leeds when they're playing from an even game state, they're at 1.55 expected goals allowed per 90. But when they play with the lead, now it is a small sample size. They've only spent about 170, 180 minutes playing with the lead this season, but they are allowing, that's not like two nineties. They are allowing two expected goals per 90. So um, I think it behooves you to just sit back, let lead score, let Jesse Marsh do some embarrassing celebration (laughs) on the sideline and then just take Tottenham live and then watch Conte Uh, run down the sidelines. Conte might jump into somebody's arms. Conte might pop them. No, I'm that's, saying it's wild that they've only led for 180 minutes. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, not that good. <laughs> for a team that's in 13th, I'm like, they're not that good. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Positive uh, expected goal difference in 13th. Just West fine. Ham, even money at home, hosting Leicester City, running up the table, get those Leicester title tickets in. Speaking of last, <laughs> at, Christmas, last, last at Christmas bets, I had a 40 uh, to 1 on Leicester that, that just. It was sitting. You needed it to be last at Halloween. Yeah, last at Halloween would have been no, nice. Last at Labor Day. Uh, Leicester City plus 280. Uh, traveling to West Ham. The, the draw here is plus 240. Absolutely nothing for me here. Absolutely nothing. Got no interest in this one. BJ. I I actually do like West Ham at plus 110. Like, um, it's, it's a good positive regression versus negative regression type match. You obviously, West Ham, who's the big, the, the only player that's really going to be playing in the World Cup? It's going to be Declan Rice. Um, Lester Tielemans is obviously going to be there. He's the main guy for Lester, but you know, Castane is going to be there for Belgium as well. But, you know, I mentioned this in the last pod is that West Ham started off really badly defensively to begin the season. They had three horrible showings. And since that point, they've just been one of the best defensive teams in the premier league. I mean, only Liverpool and United have created over one expected goal against them since their third match of the season. They're allowing under 0.9 uh, non-penalty expected goals per 90, just six big scoring chances allowed since those first three matches. They've also underperformed offensively. Like they're one of the biggest positive regression candidates offensively, just 12 goals off of a little over 17 expected. And from a matchup perspective, the teams that Leicester does well against, you know, when they're not running crazy hot offensively, I'll get to that in a second, is that they love teams to come up and press them. They like to play an open game. They, they have, you know, great ball progressors that, that can play well through pressure, like their third in offensive pass per defensive action. Um, but David Moyes, I mean, he's just sitting in a low block, like, like West Ham is the lowest pressing team in the premier league. Like they have no problem conceding possession here to Leicester who has been pretty possession dominant despite being at the bottom end of the table. Um, but the thing about it is, is Leicester is just running ridiculously well offensively right now, since September 4th, Leicester has scored 17 goals off of 10.7 expected. And they're like I mentioned this last week, their average shot distance is 18.6 yards. That's second longest in the Premier League, only to Manchester United. They also lead the Premier League with eight goals from outside the box off of 2.3 expected. It's just not sustainable. Madison created, magic. Yeah. And I mean, they've created the second fewest big scoring chances. So, uh, and then finally, as we know from the past two years, is Leicester is one of the worst set piece defenses in the Premier League, while West Ham is top five in terms of efficiency on set pieces so i like the hammers uh, a lot of their players aren't going to the world cup they'll be motivated for this they're, they're sitting in 15th in the table like they they need points to to make their ascendancy up the table um so i like them at uh, plus 110 i project them at minus 110 yeah i think of all the matches you look at this one kind of feels like the most normal uh kind of like there's not as much hoopla with like world cup stuff going on and both of them uh, need it, right? Like these are two yeah. clubs that have, have historically the last, you know, five or so seasons or, you know, three or four seasons, I guess, as West Ham was near relegation a few seasons ago. Um, but they've been near the top seven or eight teams and now they're sitting, you know, closer to relegation. So uh, they need points to, to potentially get back up in the top 10. Yeah, I make West Ham the better team and uh, I do show a little bit of value on them. So if I do bet this, it'll end up being the Hammers. And I agree with BJ that from a regression point of view, West Ham continues to be better than their table position indicates, and they'll probably be moving up the table. But uh, I just th- this lesser team, the the matters magic is, is really frustrating. It was ever point. since the darts, I mean, he's a big darts guy, and once the darts came to Leicester, he just got red hot, uh, and he wants to. But, but, but it and is he wants to make the concerning. English squad, and he's putting himself in the shop window for a move to Newcastle. 
I mean, Southgate did say he's looking at Madison potentially for the England squad. So we'll see. I would take him. I would take him. Uh, they they are a uh, second longest shot distance, which BJ mentioned, which I want to double down and mention again, because that is incredibly, it's a pretty sticky indicator of how, how good your chances you're getting and what that means about how good your attack ceiling can be. You could be a competent attack who relies on longer shots, but you can't be a, like a good attack who relies on, on a lot of long shots. And same reason I have my doubts about United. The same reason that I'm still what very doubts doubting about United doubts about their attack. Oh man, who could ever have doubts about United on this podcast? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I can, I can pale in comparison to BJ, who uh, did cash a United fade last week. So I did finally. He's, he's up to like thirty five like, like and eight. It's this great. Uh, let's talk about Newcastle United. Are they going to win the league? It's between them and Leicester. Who's going to catch City? Uh, Newcastle's whoa. plus one. Whoa, 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 catch whoa, Arsenal. Arsenal. Look, BJ, whoa, I, hate, I hate to tell you this. You know, I was I hate to tell you when I said on the preseason pod that Arsenal might be better than Tottenham. But look how far we've come. Uh, it's November. We've got this is a long season. Yeah, I'm not at getting this, at this point. Last, fun. you know, last year, what, what were we looking at? Uh, Newcastle plus 130, Chelsea two to one. The draw here is plus 240. All three of us are in agreement here. Uh, it's it's got to be it's got to be Newcastle. The way Chelsea's going, Chelsea's squad is. I mean, they might not even show up. I I could see like everyone. Everybody's going to the World Cup yeah, except for like, Jorginho. Yeah, like, just like that. Crazy. They're in, they're in shambles. Yeah, and it's like it, exactly. It's like such a team in flux. Now you got everybody getting ready to go to Qatar. They already watched one of their teammates, two of their teammates, get hurt and miss the World Cup uh, through those injuries for their team. Like, if I'm if I'm a Chelsea, if I'm Raheem Sterling, I'm just like Christian Pulisic. Please don't play in this. Yeah, match. I'm not playing. It might be Pulisic because everyone else is going to beg out. Uh, Aubameyang can play, but yeah, Aubameyang. That, that would play. that would be the equivalent of playing with ten men. Um, meanwhile, Newcastle. Yeah, they, they've, got, <laughs> they've got a lot of World Cup. Nothing four personal. touches. Four nothing touches. Per- hey, nothing match. personal, Aubameyang. Yeah, nothing um, personal. Was that the Gabrielle tweet? Yeah, it was. Uh, when he signed uh, for Chelsea, he said, "Hey, Arsenal, it's nothing personal." Well, nothing personal, Aubameyang. Four touches. He's cooked. And Chelsea's attack is cooked. And I have Newcastle rated uh, just as good as Chelsea at the moment. Better. And uh, that—that's uh, you know, depending on how I mess with priors from last season, uh, Newcastle's better than Chelsea. And uh, I think that that boat will continue to head in those directions. Uh, so I like Newcastle here on the money line. I also think this is a really good alt line play. Like if you're looking to chase a payment, minus one and a half, great spot at home. Newcastle have been dominant at home. You know, we've talked about that. I think like every week at this point about how, just how good they've been. And that was against the non-big six sides. Uh, Chelsea's attack is the equivalent of a non-big six side right now, the way that they're not producing away from, or anywhere for that matter. But yeah, Newcastle have allowed 5.8 expected goals at home this season in seven matches, and they've only conceded five. They've produced uh, 14 and a half expected. That puts them as the third best home team in the league this year. They haven't been very good away from home, which is interesting, but at least in front of those home fans, Chelsea, absolute disaster, terrible spot. Uh, give me Newcastle at home, and I'm probably going to sprinkle some minus one and a half too. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, the, the Arsenal match on Sunday was just like, a, you know, similar to the Brighton match, just a culmination of what we've been talking about with Chelsea for a long time. I mean, they, Arsenal 
completely dominated them. Like Chelsea only had 0.3 expected goals. Like Arsenal tilted the field on them 66%. Chelsea committed 10 high. Yeah. And Chelsea committed 10 high turnovers like that is very concerning. And who's to say Newcastle can't do the exact same thing that Arsenal did to them. I mean, Newcastle is one of the best pressing teams in the premier league. Like they have the second most high turnovers per 90. They they're top six and tilting the field. Like Anthony mentioned, they're incredible defensively. And even if we're looking at expected goal differential, I mean, Chelsea's sitting at minus 0.25 per 90 Newcastle's up at 0.68 plus 0.68 per 90. Like Newcastle has been almost a full goal better than Chelsea this season. And man, can, you know, if Brighton didn't have such a great manager right now, I'd be like, can Potter just go back to Brighton and find the magic again? Because like he, like, it's been really, really bad. And like we already mentioned with the injuries, like they're, they're down their, their best two fullbacks right now. They're down in goal Conte. Like all of their players are about to go to the world cup. They like, like Anthony mentioned with Tottenham, a team that is absolutely begging for the world cup break is yeah. Chelsea right now. And Newcastle. I mean, who's the only guy that's going to the World Cup there? It's pretty much Marius, and, and that's about it. Like Joe maybe Cal Wilson, maybe Cal Trippier, Karen Trippier. Tri- yeah, Trippier is going. Trippier. Now plan. that obviously, um, Nick Pope. Yeah, the Reese James and Walker are hurt, but like two Trippier guys, like, it's, Chelsea, it's going to be Chelsea's in, entire roster going to the World Cup. Yeah. Like they it, again, like I, I agree with Anthony. Like if you want to chase a a, pri- a a big price here, it's yeah, it's I love Newcastle uh, at plus one forty. I think they can do exactly what Arsenal did to Chelsea last Sunday. Yeah. And like you said, I think this is a team that is begging for the break and it's a manager begging for it. Right. Yeah. He finally gets to have some time to work with the three players on the squad that aren't <laughs> going to the world cup. And, Aubameyang uh, and uh, Jorginho. Yes. Broja. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a good spot for Newcastle, by the way, quick trivia question, Anthony, before I go back to you. I don't know if you remember a couple months ago when Newcastle was doing that thing where they just kept drawing. And I was like, how many wins does Newcastle have? And at the time they were like one, four and one. Do you know how many losses they have this season? One. So Liverpool when Gimari uh, stoppage and, time. Yeah. yeah. In stoppage time. And uh, they had a red card from Joe Linton. Gamaris right. didn't play and Alan St. Maximum didn't play. Uh, Anthony, uh, you want to close this one out for us before we move on to our final three matches on the premier league? Yeah, it's kind of just more big picture about Chelsea. I mean, we talked preseason about how they had two major concerns with their depth problems, and they got a bunch of injuries at those two positions. They're cooked right now. And that doesn't mean they're going to be cooked forever, but, like, their fullbacks are cooked in terms of injuries uh, and, and issues there. And their center midfields, they didn't address it enough in the offseason, and they're paying for it. Wolverhampton, plus 475 at home, hosting BJ's Arsenal, top of the table for now. Here come Newcastle. Here come Leicester. Uh, minus 188. Arsenal are the draws plus 320. Another one where I'm just going to pass because like you're, you're tempted by the spot with Wolves because of the, the World Cup looming. But it does seem like, you know, for, for this Arsenal team seems to all be on the same page and committed to the kind of to the cause. Um so like the big squads, the big clubs with with players going to the World Cup, they're the one that kind of worries me the least, if that makes sense. So I'm actually gonna pass here uh, and take my shots on on the other dogs like Brentford and uh, Southampton rather than uh, Wolverhampton. BJ, what are your thoughts here on the Gunners? Yeah, I agree because if you look at the the Arsenal squad right now, it's obviously a lot of guys where okay. 
if you truly sat down and asked them and said, okay, what's more important right now? Like winning the world cup or winning the premier league with Arsenal? Like, honestly, like, I don't think Gabriel Jesus is going to start up top for Brazil. Like if you ask Shaka, like truthfully, Switzerland's not going to win the world cup. Ghana's no. probably going to get, what are we doing in. here? This is the world. Like, cup. like this, is, this is, I the understand it's the world cup, but right now Arsenal is in the middle of a title race. Like, they are going to take this match matter, very man. seriously, one match. but very, 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 very similarly to, uh, and they're also going to know, like, you know, whatever happens with city, like if they can actually be at the top of the table before the world cup break. But I think very similarly with what we saw with Arteta, you know, he's been doing a lot is that when Arsenal goes ahead, they just, they put on the handbrake. They don't necessarily control possession the way that city does, but they just sit in defensively and they be, and they're incredibly compact and very difficult to break down. So you're facing a Wolves team that shoots a ton from distance that doesn't create a lot of big scoring chances that can obviously threaten the arsenal final third. But as we've talked about a ton of times is that Wolves just has no finishers right now. Like they are bleeding with injuries. <laughs> like they have nobody up Two top. goals last weekend, two goals last weekend. Um, you know, a lot of positive regression, I guess, but um, yeah, I mean, Wolves is still averaging under one, expect a goal per match like arsenal's the, the right now the second best defensive team in the premier league um so yeah i like under two and a half goals at plus 112 i, I really don't think it should be sitting uh at plus money uh, i think arsenal's just going to put on the put on the handbrake similar to what city's going to do against brentford if they go ahead one nothing here um i think it's gonna be a pretty low event uh type match so give me under two and a half goals at plus 112 anthony anything here you know, I joked last week, I said, like, Brighton Wolves, Brighton are playing so much more aggressive, like, both <laughs> teams to score, great look, like, feels like Wolves, I, you know, we're going to wait for the lineup, and then the lineup came out, and it actually wasn't terrible, uh, you know, wasn't good, but, like, they had a some semblance of a striker with Huang Hee-chan starting, I think he'll start again, like, I thought he was actually pretty lively, and, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that Wolves attack is good, like I say every week when I talk about Wolves overs, uh, but if you want to join me on the pain train, I'll likely be playing both teams to score here. I do think Wolves get on the board. I think Arsenal is a little flat. It, it, again, it's it's an overrated big six spot here. Arsenal away from home. A sp- situation I'd look to play against them. We did it at Saints a couple weeks ago with the both teams to score. Going to do it again here. Uh, and if you want to join me on the pain train, we'll be losing 2-0. Uh, and we'll hit the post. I, I think Wolves will hit the post in this game. <laughs> uh, and then they'll, they'll create like 0.62 XG for... Uh, Point two of that will come off of Ruben Neves' pot shots from long range, uh, but one it's, of them will hit the post. The, the, so, and but, then I'll be like, "Damn!" I you know what's that. funny is is we talked about Arsenal like, "Oh, they're gonna have their eyes on the World Cup here, right?" And everybody then, is. Wolf, Wolf, Wolves is everybody on Wolves plays for Portugal, so it's you know, well, yeah, that is, that is somewhat true. <laughs> it's like what, I can't believe BJ right? just tried to say that the, the Arsenal <laughs> players are more worried about an away day at Wolves than the World Cup in a week. I mean, you go I mean, they're Portugal. in the middle of a title race, Anthony. You, you get up for the black. Well, we'll get up for this match, and then we'll man. go to the World Cup. <laughs> Right. I mean, I'm sure they'll be up for it. I think they're going to win. Yeah, but like, that was yeah. more my point. I wasn't going to try and say that they care about more than the World Cup. I'm just trying to say, I was trying to make the point that they're going to be up for this more than like basically City, my, City or Liverpool. He's doing a classic podcast. media if tactic. No, he's, if he's trying to pump his team up through yeah. media. Right. If, if it's a team I bet on, I think they're going to be super motivated this weekend. And if it's right. a team I bet against, I think they don't give a shit. Is basically yeah. what we're at here. Yep. Uh, that's pretty much what we're doing. Speaking of the World Cup. Welcome to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. <laughs> we rely speaking on vibes and not data. <laughs> speaking of the World Cup, the two best managers in the world facing off at the Amex, Deserby, 
Unai Emery, Brighton minus 120, hosting Aston Villa, 3-1. Gosh, that was awesome. The draw is plus 280. We love Uh, Unai Emery on this show. We do. We love Unai Emery on this show. If the new Take- the new Champions League model like is going to potentially give us more EPL teams in the in the in the, <laughs> the league. I just want all my favorite managers to like give me Deserbi <laughs> give me Deserbi in the Champions League. Give me Unai Emery in the Champions League. Give him Lampard Europa League. Like I need, yeah, Gerard wherever he ends up. Put him in the Champions League. Like I need all these managers. Gerard's to going to soccer prison. Be back <laughs> because I am like the Champions League draw came out. It is so boring from a betting point. We'll get to that in February, but like. Man, I miss him. I miss betting Real. Yeah. Well, that's why we love Unai Emery on the show. Last year, uh, Anthony laughed at BJ and I when we were getting towards the business end of the group stage. And we're like, there's there's something to this this Real side. They were 200 to 1 at the time. Uh, it was pre-tournament when you said that, no? Was it? Too, was it Whatever it was. And the Yellow Submarine gave us a run to the semifinal with Unai Emery at the helm. And now he's managing Aston Villa. They looked really good against manchester united they're freed from the steven gerrard shackles uh, uh point eight expected goals <laughs> yeah but they got let's, not, let's not let's not get carried away game. by the variance bus uh so anyways i like villa here they're three to one they're on the road they're taking on a brighton side that's going well uh after they weren't going well so i think it's a good sell high spot uh against our boy deserby and his seagulls it's <laughs> two two in a row for, for Brighton. I, I don't know what to read into it really. Um, other than I think that they're probably just going to play the rest of the season out. Like they were uh, under Potter. It's just kind of, kind of continue. Uh, obviously Trossard and Pascal Gross are two of the best players ever. And they continue to play that way. Uh, Brighton's got a lot of guys going to the world cup. Though. They, they actually, <laughs> like, yeah. like we have to say, we go they have a, quite a few guys yeah, that are playing the world cup again. or Aston Villa doesn't really have any. Right. I mean, there's a few, Matt, but yeah, Matty Cash, who you know yep. now switched nationalities to, to to Poland, but yeah, I mean, I think the price is correct here. Like, I I, I agree, fair fair price. You know, Brighton probably should be. And, and I can s- I can make an argument for both the under and the over, and then I pulled up my number and it was right around the number, so I said, yeah. okay, I'm not going to force a total play here because I've been getting crushed on PL totals this year. Everything's going over, and I more tend to bet unders, so it's a bad time to be to be me. Uh, let's wrap up the Premier League slate with Fulham three to one at home hosting BJ's Manchester United. Odds on minus one twenty on the road. The draw here plus two seventy five. Hey Tim Ream going to the World another, Cup. Another another team that has a lot of guys going to the yeah. World Cup. <laughs> right, uh, Mitrovic, Anthony Robinson, Tim Ream. Leno's not going to be in goal for Germany, right? No. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm just like trying to think through. Um, Mbabu for Switzerland. Quite a few guys for Fulham. Uh, yeah, and quite a few for Manchester United as well. It needs to be said, BJ. Uh, yeah. Despite your best efforts, besides some, some guys, despite your best efforts, I I got nothing on this one either. I think, like I said before, there this the, I think the matchup here is a little suspect for Fulham. Not the type of team I want to play against man united because they their defense is just so leaky so no thank you here uh anything for you bj i mean the market is now finally deciding to price united correctly right because uh you know they were plus 110 against aston villa on the road last week then they go on the road here to fulham they're only around even money so i you know i i think the market is actually finally right 
on United because, you know, I have Aston Villa rated as a, uh, a much better team than, than Fulham right now. Uh, yeah, just another match that I don't really know what to make of. You know, Fulham allows a ton of big scoring chances. The United team, whenever they win, they just win one nothing, and the expected goals is always one-to-one. Uh, finally cost them this past week. Uh, you know, you can't run one-to-one on expected goals and keep winning forever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Fulham might play. You know, you're probably going to sit deep. They're going to dare United to break them down. They're going to look to counter. United, you know, Casemiro is going to be in there, obviously. He's been a big, big, big part of why United has improved defensively, you know, stopping that uh, transition attack. So, I don't know. You know, I think the number's right, so I'm passing. DJ passing United game almost makes makes me want to fade them. Do it. Almost, but uh, the number's not good enough for me either. I thought we'd get like plus three quarters here, and we we did not. Yeah, I thought we'd get United. I thought United would be like minus 130, like minus 135 in the spot. Now they're only at, you know, minus 110. I guess they're pricing in the World Cup stuff, but yeah, I don't know. All right, uh, let's move uh, quickly through the other European leagues that are playing. La Liga is not, and we thank them for that. Uh, but before we do that, a reminder that Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365 the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get 200 free. BJ, what do you have for us in Bundesliga? Yeah, I like Freiburg, plus 110 at home against our boys from Union Berlin. You're starting to see kind of a lot of the negative regression that Union Berlin was due for. Like, they got pasted 5 nothing by Leverkusen. They drew with Augsburg today, despite winning the expected goals battle pretty heavily. And this Freiburg team... You know, they had a bad showing today uh, against RB Leipzig, but they're sitting near the top four in the Bundesliga. Uh, they're a very, very good set-piece team. Obviously, Union Berlin, very good set-piece defense. Uh, but for me, you know, I have Freiburg projected at minus 109, so at a price of plus 110 going up against Union Berlin, who continues to just run ridiculously hot i mean we have to talk about it that uh, they've slipped out of first place now unfortunately uh byron has taken over first place um but Shock. yeah but you know freiburg's been plus four actually differential and blend's been even um so i think the price of plus 110 uh is good enough for me to play freiburg yeah, Freiburg uh, and Union are, are basically neck and neck in the table now. And uh, But you got to give credit to Union. Their uh, expected goals differential, at least at FB Ref, uh, is now in the black. So yeah. congratulations. They're, they're averaging under one expected goal per match, and they're allowing under one expected goal per match. They that's, are the, that's the Bundesliga they, they, for you. They're, they're in the wrong league, I think. I think they need yeah. to be in Spain. Uh, yeah, I, I think just, it says a lot about the Bundesliga that the team like uh, Freiburg is uh, plus a quarter goal per 90. Yeah. I, I kind of and Frankfurt plus a half goal. A lot of that was a couple of outliers with Reds, but it's 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 bleak in the Bundesliga right now. I'm gonna take a shot with with Schalke at fourteen to one against Bayern. Yeah. Just gonna just gonna lean into it there. Uh, obviously, well, Sadio, Sadio, Mane. Mane, Sadio Mane got hurt, putting a damper on. Uh, should, we, should we should we give the listeners our little uh, little inside scoop on what happened to, uh, with Sadio Mane? Oh yeah, we were. I think, we were. I think it's fun. I think it's funny. I mean, we recorded our podcast and we talked up Sadio Mane for Golden Boots, everything about Senegal. Literally twenty minutes before he got hurt for Bayern. <laughs> so, um, yeah. tune into our Group A preview that will be re-recorded at some point. Yeah, Shaka for me, fourteen to one. Anthony, what do you have in the Bundesliga? Yeah, I'm gonna. You know, there's a couple picks that I like here. Uh, I'm keeping the volume generally pretty small across the board. 
because of the uncertainty here and, you know, just kind of not really sure what to expect. You know, I took the, basically took the midweek slate off. Uh, I think there's a lot of uncertainty. And so, you know, don't go unloading your bankroll this weekend. I think it's a, a good way to live, but mine's gets, I track Frankfurt at home and I do like the under here uh, under two and a half is, uh, is plus money. And I do like that. Uh, Mines is still excellent defensively at create, uh, preventing big scoring chances. They've also been excellent defensively at home. They get an Eintracht Frankfurt team that I, I just have a hard time buying into this idea that they're the third best team in the Bundesliga. They're sitting in fourth, sitting in third with, uh, you know, an, an electric uh, plus seven expected goal difference. But again, the attack has run super, super well. Uh, 23 expected goals, 31-4. And then the defense has run really poorly. And you don't expect them to, uh, you know, have bad goalkeeping, yet they've gotten it this year. I am generally a believer in Kevin Trapp, so I'm not going to just assume, like, like he's due to progress positively as a, as a shot stopper. And so uh, I like the under here. I think Frankfurt uh, will struggle to create chances against this Mines team. Frankfurt does have a very low average shot distance. They do create a good number of big scoring chances, but I think they'll struggle on the road at Mines here, who does still have excellent defensive numbers. Mines attack has fallen off a bit. And it's the main reason the Mines magic has fallen off for us this season. Yeah, those top four tickets, they looked really good on opening day, but then uh, not good after that. Syria, uh, you guys are on the same side. BJ. Uh, yeah, Napoli, Udinese, under three goals at minus 110. Uh, you know, essentially two two offenses that have run pretty hot this season. You know, Udinese has been 22 goals off around 18 expected. Napoli, 34 goals off 27 expected. Ten, that tends to regress as the season goes along. You know, Napoli is also, you know, we've mentioned it many times, they're one of the best defensive teams, not only in Serie A, but throughout uh, throughout Europe. You know, they're they're un- allowing under one expected goal per match. They're second in, in Italy in expected threat. Like, they do a fantastic job stopping opposing counterattacks. Udinese is a team that, you know, was, was a big – uh, positive regression candidate for a long time. They were undervalued in the market. And then it's just funny how these things flip, you know, this year, now they're overperforming like crazy. They're a plus eight uh, goal differential and only a plus two expected. So uh, just another Syria inflated total. Um, so like under three goals at minus one ten in that match. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. We were betting Napoli overs. Like I remember right. in, in, in Syria and then there was a, uh, a champions league over that I bet. And fortunately, cashed early in the, in the Champions League against uh, well the the first two games of the Champions League, and then now I'm looking at totals that are like a half goal to a goal higher than they were earlier in the season. And I think this is a classic example. If these two teams played in the spring, this total will be you know two and a half, two and three quarters. Now you're getting a flat three minus one ten to the under. Uh, I like the under here. I think that you're going to see Napoli's attack will cool off, not just in finishing but in production. I mean, I don't expect Napoli to continue to be as elite going forward as they've been creating almost two expected goals a game. Uh, I don't foresee that continuing. So uh, I'm going to play against both attacks a little bit here. Go under league still up and running. And you both have something for us in France. Anthony, you go first. Yeah. Pure PSG fade totally blind plus two and a half on Auger. They're not a very good team, but I don't expect any type of, uh, you know, full effort or full go from the three top players. Uh, Neymar, Mbappe, Messi have much bigger goals and, and things coming up in the future. Horrendous spot for PSG. And I also wonder about PSG after the World Cup. You know, we'll have to see how it plays out, but Messi nearing the end of his career, 
Neymar chance to get finally get the big, you know, World Cup trophy. You know, what is their situation? And Mbappe, of course, the the constant rumors of that he's leaving. I think there could be some problems for PSG in the Champions League going forward, but uh we'll see with the with the draw they got. It's going to be very fun. Uh BJ, what about you? Yeah, I like uh Troy uh plus half a goal on the road at Brest. There's just really not a lot between these two teams, right? I mean, obviously Troy is up there, you know, uh, in 13th place in the table while Brest is in 19th, but they're both have essentially the same expected goal differential, but Brest is a home favorite. Uh, just another another line uh, that's just priced too high uh, for Stade de Brestois, a team that I've been fading quite a bit. So I'm just going to continue to fade and give me Troy plus half a goal. All right. Uh, let's talk about our favorite underdogs for this slate coming to you the weekend before the World Cup. Things could get weird. This is the week we're going to hit, and it's a doozy. BJ, you can go first. Yeah, Nottingham Forest plus 220 at home against Crystal Palace. A good sell-high spot here for Crystal Palace who are coming off a road win over West Ham last week. That was the first time this season that they have won the expected goal differential on the road. Uh, They have a minus 5.3 expected goal differential overall away from Selhurst Park, which is just a trend that continued on from last season. Nottingham Forest has actually put in some good performances when they don't have to face you know, big sides. They ran into uh, they ran into Arsenal. They ran into Liverpool. They ran into Brighton. But you look last week; they were the better side against Brentford. Uh, they're they're at home where they play much better. They're only a minus one expected goal differential at home versus minus eight on the road. Uh, they're also second most efficient set piece team in the Premier League, while Crystal Palace is one of the worst defensively. So, give me the trees plus two twenty. I've got a big smile on my face because I've been waiting a couple of weeks to do this to throw this team in. And this parlay, that's Brentford. There's highs 19 to 1 traveling to Man City on Saturday morning. It's really, really hard to imagine City being fully up for this one. Hosting Brentford a week before the World Cup starts. Everyone on the team outside of Holland and Mares are going to Qatar. I mean, Holland could maybe do it on his own. That's the risk we're taking. But the number on a team that will give you the, the, their best effort. They do it every week, week in, week out. The bees give an honest effort for Thomas Frank, who will undoubtedly uh, have, have pointed to the spot as, as a really, really good time to be playing Man City. So I trust Brentford to get the job done here at a huge number, 19 to one. Anthony. Yeah. Friday afternoon, Bundesliga wraps uh, with Gladbach Dortmund. The, uh, the Battle of Borussia, not actually what it's called, but I like to call it that. Uh, the same region in Germany they're from. Uh, Gladbach's at home, and Dortmund continues to be an absolute paper tiger of epic proportions this season. I have this line pretty close to a toss-up, so giving me Gladbach plus 215 at home, happy to take them on the money line. think they have a real good shot to win this and, uh, and send Dortmund into the World Cup break outside the top six. If you want to wrap all three of these teams in a parlay, build that bankroll before the World Cup starts. It's your World Cup bankroll overall. This will do it right here. <laughs> 201 <laughs> to one. I feel really good about it. This is the week right before the World really Cup. good uh, yeah. about it. And everybody will forget about it. Um <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about our favorite bets in the Premier League before we get out of here. Anthony, you can go first. Leeds plus one. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. We all love Leeds. 
minus 120 on the road at Tottenham. Do I think this is a huge value edge relative to the market price? No, because I think the market has finally caught up to Tottenham's problems. The market is also pricing in Tottenham's injury issues. No home and son for this match. Tottenham starting Perisic next to Kane. Not great, but also the backup options are worse. Uh, Kulisevsky may be back here, but I think this is a good matchup for Leeds. Leeds looking to go into the international break on a continued high note after back-to-back wins, including in dramatic fashion by Somerville Miracles. Uh, But really, this is about Tottenham, who have continued to struggle, continued to struggle to create chances outside of set pieces. They've been heavily relying on those. I understand the matchup issue in theory because Leeds will play a high line. Spurs can get in behind, but this is not a Spurs team that's been good at doing that really recently. I think Leeds can press. I think they can have effectiveness, challenging Spurs ball progression. The center backs are not going to be good passers for Tottenham, the ones they're playing, at least with Dyer and potentially Sanchez starting. So I like Leeds plus one on the road. I'm taking Aston Villa. They're three to one. On the road at Brighton, uh, we love Deservey, but we love Unai Emery maybe a little bit more. And Brighton's defense has been a little leaky. Six goals allowed in their last three matches, 1.4 expected goals on average in that span. Meanwhile, we know what the Villa defense can do. Six out of their last eight matches. Yes, that includes a bunch with Steven Gerrard at the helm, Anthony's boy. Uh, They've allowed less than one expected goal. They held Manchester United to to half uh, an expected goal in a 3-1 victory with Unai Emery in the dugout. I expect that to continue. Uh, At Brighton, I like the number three to one. I think that this team will steadily improve. Anthony, you were very high on this team coming into the season. All they needed was a good manager. They're going to get to those heights now that they have one. Unai Emery, we always trust in Unai. BJ, take us into the World Cup with your favorite bet. Newcastle, plus 140 at St. James Park against Chelsea. The match last Sunday against Arsenal was just a culmination of how Chelsea has been playing under Graham Potter. They created just 0.3 expected goals. They got the field tilted on them 66%, and they committed 10 high turnovers. Newcastle can do the exact same thing to Chelsea, what Arsenal did. Newcastle is one of the best pressing teams in the Premier League. They've been outstanding defensively. They have a plus 0.68 expected goal differential per 90 minutes, while Chelsea is sitting at minus 0.25 for the season. So Newcastle has been almost a full goal better than Chelsea, and they're only sitting at plus 140. And then you throw on, on top of that that really only a couple players from Newcastle are going to the World Cup. Bruno Gamares is the main one, but a couple other guys are still waiting for a call. While you look at Chelsea, their entire roster is going to the World Cup, except for Jorginho and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Oh, and they're also still without their two main fullbacks, Reese James and Ben Chilwell, who are going to be out for an extended period of time. So this is a great spot for Newcastle here at a great price of plus 140 against a Chelsea team that is absolutely begging for the World Cup break. So give me the magpies, plus 140. All right, uh, that wraps up this episode of Wonder Goal. A reminder, Monday, groups A through D. Monday, groups E through H. Tuesday, our favorite team and player futures. We'll also have a Team USA deep dive later uh, next week. And then get ready because the podcasts, the videos, the stories on actionnetwork.com on the action app are going to be coming fast and furious as we head we to Qatar. Also mention the, uh, the live show. So you can tune into us every single day while the world cup is going on. We will be breaking down every single match. You'll get to see our faces every single day. You're going to be sick of us. And then you get a five day break and then it's boxing. And then it's boxing day. Uh, and to our listeners in Japan, football is coming. And home. Uruguay. And Uruguay. It's coming Love you. To, to either one of those places. 
For BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo, I'm Michael Leboff, wishing you best of luck with all your bets this weekend. We'll see you in Qatar. <laughs>